Welcome to the Repertory Podcast with your host, Karen Allen, where each episode takes you from case scenario to words, from words to rubrics, from rubrics to rep set, from repertorization to remedies, from differential to outcome, all in about 25 minutes. It's fun, it's quick, it's never the same. Grab your repertory, a pen and paper to take some notes, and buckle up. Client is a 58-year-old woman. She says that she has horrible hot flashes and she has acne rosacea. And looking at her, she really has acne rosacea. It is not mild in any way. It is a mess. And it's painful. She said it hasn't been healthy skin for 10 years. She says, I used to be a calm person. I used to be this calm, mellow, easygoing person. And now I am like a hypervigilant person who drank too much coffee. And that's how I am when I first wake up in the morning. That's not how I am after I get riled up. That's like my baseline state. And I I look at my life and I think I have an easy, wonderful, comfortable life. And my partner says to me, what is wrong with you? Can you just sit down? And she says, I can't. But I used to be that way. It used to be normal for me. So if all this started 10 years ago, what happened 10 years ago? At 39... I was diagnosed with ovarian cysts in both ovaries. She said they found multiple cysts in both ovaries that were about the size of a large olive. Her doctor wanted her to biopsy them because he was worried about ovarian cancer. But she said that she didn't want him to because there was no cancer family history And she said, I had a horrible case of mumps when I was six years old. And I'm thinking, what? And she goes on to explain that that it used to be well known that people who had had mumps were much less likely to get ovarian cancer. And after the mumps vaccination was introduced in 1967, that was sort of conveniently forgotten. So I will actually, I went and I found the research about it and it's absolutely true. There's really good data that says if somebody has mumps, it appears to be immunoprotective and women with ovarian cancer tend to be ones who never had mumps. So clients come in and they teach us all kinds of stuff that we don't know. The cyst didn't hurt. It just sort of felt like something was in the way. Like if I would bend over to pick something up off the floor, there was sort of something there, but it didn't bother me. I didn't want it biopsied. And in my usual way, I was just busy, happy, living my life. And I ignored it. So at 48 years old, she went in to have a pelvic exam and a pap smear. So they did an ultrasound and she had two cysts each the size of a plum on her right ovary and one cyst about the size of a ping pong ball on her left ovary. 
ovarian cysts run in her family history. Her mom and her aunt both had them. Her doc said, you know what? You're 48 years old. We don't want anything bad to happen with these. There's a risk because these are so big that they could cause the ovary to turn, ovarian torsion, very painful. It can become gangrenous or you could, you know, it could go into cancer or bad things could happen. So let's just take them out. You're so close to menopause anyway. Let's just help nature along a little bit. So she said, okay, both ovaries removed. Okay, so she was 48 years old then. And she said, at that point, my health went into the toilet. Almost from the day after the surgery, I began to have hot flashes, continual on and off many times, every hour, day and night. And that's continued for 10 years. I never get a good night's sleep because they wake me up at night and I asked about sweat. I asked about where she said, it's the whole body. It's not particularly sweaty, but I feel hot and I wanna uncover. So I throw the blankets off and I put the blankets on and I throw the blankets off and I put the blankets on. And the hot flashes have continued for 10 years. She's been on and off various kinds of hormone replacement therapy. She make, it makes her feel crummy. She doesn't like it. it was within no. about two months, she began to develop acne rosacea, which became very extensive. And the third thing was that she, she became hypervigilant. It's like, she said, I just feel like elevated cortisol all the time, like hypervigilant, nervous, too much coffee. So these are the symptoms that we're working with. This is someone who had large ovarian cysts. So we're gonna be looking in the female section to see what describes both formation of some kind of tumor thing to begin with and specifically for the ovaries. We're gonna find those things. And then there is actually an entry in the repertory for ailments from having your ovaries removed. So we're gonna look for that rubric. And then the specific things that have happened to her since, the acne rosacea, the agitation, the kind of nervous, restless, hypervigilant thing, cannot sit still, and uh, the hot flashes. If we were looking for a, the largest, to cast the widest net about something the size of an olive, multiple things the size of olives, the size of plums, the size of ping pong balls, big. These are big things. You know, a lot of ovarian cysts are the size of a peach pit, a plum pit, not the whole plum. So this is the first thing we wanna capture. Where are we gonna look? Female, oh, excellent. All right, so Robin says, female tumors, ovaries, cysts. Let's go with that, excellent. And this is quite specific and wonderful. Now note that this is a cyst. Note when you get down into these details, this is interesting because there's tumors, ovaries, cysts, and fibroids, but people don't have fibroids in their ovaries. So this is kind of a weird, thing, arrangement. I'm not sure what Dr. Kent would say about that. But we can also grab this larger um, female tumors, okay? 
now we've covered the basic way that her body was physically expressing the state with the formation of these. And this is in the family line. Okay, so what's the next thing? Once she had this surgery, she was in the post-surgery disrepair. So where are we gonna find a rubric for never well since having your ovaries removed? This is what we're looking for. Ovariotomy complaints after, okay? And what we're trying to do is say, she might not have been great before, but this was when the wheels came off the rails. And now the next thing is that we want these three things that have manifested since then. Now we wanna find acne rosacea. Where are we gonna look for that? Somebody suggest a rubric for me or a section so we can go looking for it. In skin, in face. Yep. So it could be either, but since acne rosacea really appears on the face most of the time, let's go there. And since that's where she's got it, let's go there. Oh, good, Robin's on it. Face eruptions, acne, rosacea to the face section and anything that's that is an outbreak we're going to find it under the broad category of eruptions and within that we don't want to stop just at acne because this is a very specific type of cystic acne so rosacea is a sub rubric of acne good now we want to find the hot flashes she has continual horrible dreadful hot flashes where are we going to find that Open up to generalities. Now, one of the things that people often do when they start looking, well, well, it's hot flashes, let's look in the heat section, but that really is about fever. So we're gonna stay with generalities and we're looking for a particular type of heat and hot flashes. So we've got generalities, flushes of heat, good. Heat flushes of, but she didn't have these until she got kicked into menopause quite suddenly with the surgery. So we're gonna go with climacteric, okay? Even though she wasn't in menopause, that was the effect of her surgery. All right, so now we've got the acne rosacea and we've got the hot flashes. The last thing is this incredible nervous restlessness that only came on since the surgery. Where are we gonna find this? Good, let's look there, mind restlessness. Is there anything in the mind restlessness that could be tied to, oh yeah, this was also at climacteric. This was also, a menopausal activity. Do you see anything there? Right, so we're gonna go with this. Restlessness in the climacteric period. She never got through the perimenopausal disruption into the stable postmenopausal state. And that's what we're looking for for her. That's what's gonna make her happy is if she's balanced in the new hormonal terrain. So let's look at what we got here, guys. We've got female tumors and ovaries. 
not well since having them removed, acne rosacea, flushes of heat, restlessness. Now, this is a woman who's pretty darn healthy in a lot of ways. And so we can assume that if this tilted her, if we can help her hormonal system to settle down, she's going to get better. So let's see what comes up with this, right? Okay, now when she comes in to talk to me, she's been to see another homeopath like five years earlier who gave her lachesis, which slightly changed the hot flashes for a few weeks and then do, didn't do anything else. And then a few years later, she went to see another homeopath who gave her sulfur because of the acne rosacea, which didn't really change anything. But you can see them right here. You can see why they, they came up, can't you? And what do we see this? What is this, guys? Do you know this remedy? In the repertory, it's a funny name. That's not what we usually call it. It says this remedy is oophorinum, and this is the sarcode of the ovary. And in the repertory and in a lot of our reference materials, we now commonly call it oophorinum, but in the past, it was called ovarinum, O-V-A-R-I-N-U-M. And so that was what was given to this client. But she had a dose of ovarinum in a 12C twice a week for about eight weeks. And during that time, her symptoms reduced, 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 reduced until they were gone. And it took about two and a half months before all the hot flashes were completely gone. But after maybe three months, um, I think she said, okay, I'm good. And I said, great. If the hot flashes start to come back, take another dose of ovarinum. And I, she checks in with me occasionally and she sends me pictures of her nose. She's really cute that way because her nose was so horribly broken out before. And yeah, her skin cleared. So this, the, the use of oophorinum, one of its keynotes is acne rosacea in perimenopause or menopause. Oh, that's a good question. Carol says, what about these top two rubrics? Are they... Um, a duplicate? Are they repetitive? This one, I, I just want you to look. If this rubric were larger, I probably would not include this second one about female tumors. But does it seem reasonable to you that out of the entire, I don't know, three to 4,000 remedies that we have to work with, that only 44 of them would be associated with ovarian cysts? It seems kind of small to me. And so this is kind of my backup insurance. And then I would look like sulfur here. It's not listed in the one for ovaries, but it's listed here. And sulfuric acid and carboveg and sepia. And I'll bet if we went and looked in the Materia Medica, we would find ovarian cysts in all those places. Sanguinaria for sure. Darcy says, I can't find ovariotomy or ov Oophorectomy in my repertory. 
Um, not all repertories have the same rubrics. Unfortunately, we don't have an international body that regulates the content of repertories. And so it kind of depends on who's managing what tool and what things land in it. And this is why plenty of people use different ones. But let's look at this, guys. Let's, th you bring up a good point here, Darcy. What if we said, oh, this doesn't exist in my repertory, so I can't put it in there. Would we end up in the same place? Yes. So sometimes we worry, oh, if I couldn't, if I couldn't include that specific thing, I might be out of luck. I might never find the right remedy. But the repertory is a robust tool. I want to invite you guys to feel confident about it. The vital force wants to be healed. And it shows us symptoms that we can then go check into. And that once we put the pattern together, is gonna bring reasonable remedies forward. Okay, guys, thank you so much for your participation today. And I hope to see you again at another session. Thanks for investing your time and effort into learning and using the repertory. You're invited to join us live at Monday Midday Repertory as we create these podcast episodes. Learn more about how to use the repertory with me, Karen Allen, author of the repertory tutorial and workbook, which is now an e-course at www.trinityhealthhub.com. See you next time with another repertory case.